Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the street. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Doing well. You sure? I'm- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at something over there, yeah. I do. No, I just uh, I just saw one of these posts where it was like um, um, was like uh, I think we talked, we had this conversation before. It was like I haven't, I don't even know this person like that, but they inboxed me and was like, "Hey man, how you been? Good. Let me barge right out." Oh yeah, those are the worst. <laughs> oh, those are the worst. They because they get you because you're like, oh. This must be a person from my past, you know, trying to get reacquainted. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your response to that? You just left it on red, or you did you entertain it? Me? Yeah. No, it was a it was a, a screenshot of a mutual friend of ours. Oh, saying that they got hit yeah, up by yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But that person also hit me up also like a long time ago. And was, oh. And they didn't get any response from me. Yeah, I don't know if it's the region we live in or what. I think I just the dirtbags just exist anywhere. But I've been hit up <laughs> from people that like I knew when I was maybe eleven. Yeah. Like, hey man, you know, uh, my car broke down. Yeah. I need fifteen dollars. I'm like, <laughs> that's not gonna help you with whatever mechanical tr- troubles you're having. That's such a weird number of money to ask yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. But you also here's another thing though. That is a desperate person. Yeah. Right. Sure. Because like you have not like now I don't know this person that you're speaking of, but like let's say you have not spoken to this person in a decade plus. Yeah. And y'all weren't even fly like that when you did speak. Right. 
<laughs> it was just like yo, walking past. Y'all had a lunch together, or y'all had a class together, yeah. and sat near it's each a other. High and by conversation. That's a yeah, and so so you he's that person has he he or she has exhausted so many of their uh, uh, acquaintances, allies, people in their life, family members that they're now reaching out to people on their friends list on social media sites. Yeah. Like, well, they're my friend on here, so I must. I must, they, we must have some kind of connection. And then they hit you with the, hey, hey, it's those. And then just over those for a strange reason is I don't like when people get into multi-level marketing schemes and then <laughs> they do the same thing, but to sell you something. Yeah. Like, hey man, it's good to see you, man. Remember we did, went to the movies and saw them. Yeah. Good time. Hey, when's the last time you took a vacation? And you're like, uh, I don't know, man. It's a pandemic. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. But did you have you seen the rates on flights to Miami right now? No, I haven't. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like small talk in general. But yeah. don't small talk me into a favor or trying to sell me something or ask me anything like that. Just be direct. Because that's just so bold, man. It's like that's bold, man. That's 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 super low, man. Yeah. I... Everybody's struggling, and you asking people just for money. On the internet, like I just got months. money to just hand and out I'll like pay that. You back next week, like you're not gonna. Yeah, you're not gonna pay me back next week. <laughs> I bet this Instagram will be gone when I come to collect. You know, just more. So, I, and then yeah. I have no, I have no have no way of. You know, it's like you're like Kaiser Soze. You, you just, just, just gone now. It's <laughs> like he was never there. That wasn't even he. You got catfish for fifteen dollars. That yeah. wasn't even Brian. Yeah. Other than that, man, I'm I'm good. I'm off this week coming up. Nice. So the whole I'm week. Just, yeah. So I'll live, just, man. Chilling, man. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just relax, live, chill. Got a lot of stuff. Hey, you spent some time at home with the family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's blessings, man. That's blessings. How you been? I've been good, man. No complaints over here. I've just been, um, full disclosure, you took kind of long. So I did microdose mushrooms. So um, this will be interesting. <laughs> I, I don't think that, I, I, th- I, think that the, I think that we'll be able to out podcast the timing of things. Is it already kicking in now? No. no, I don't think so. Mm. But we'll see as time progresses. Anyway, just wanted to put that out there. If All I get right. like, if I'm just like, Space yeah. out, and if it's you know, so just no, no, uh, no, no worries. Everything's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, friend, I've been really uh, fixated on this Lady Gaga story. I don't know if you heard about this Lady Gaga. Nope. Her dog Walker got hit with the stick up joint, like in the middle of the night, walking walking her dogs. A dude hopped out of a, a like a, a Kia Forte mm-hmm. and shot the dude in the chest and took her two French dog French bulldogs. Shot the dog walker in the chest. Shot the dog walker in the chest. He survived and he's recovering. Oh, thank uh but shot him in, over the bulldogs. Over the dog. Yeah, I did not know French bulldogs were tearing the streets up like this. Apparently they go for like between 2 and 5,000. So not just I don't I'm sure they didn't know they were Lady Gaga's French yeah, yeah. bulldogs, but French bulldogs are Copa, uh, you know, known to be snatched up by people because they know the price of the dogs and they're smaller and easier to steal. So, so it wasn't an argument prior. No, no, to no. That? They were like, it would be like if you saw somebody walking around with like a big chain on, yeah, and they were like, oh shit, yeah, a yeah. lick. They they did that over the dogs, but they wanted to kill somebody over these two dogs. They were willing to. I think he's like freaked out and it it got hot. Like he wasn't freaking out like fighting. But he wasn't giving them. He wasn't giving them the dogs right uh, away. So it was a, a scuffle before. It was the, a scuffle, and oh. then they just decided, "Well, we're leaving with these dogs because this is ten thousand dollars." So bang, and they Jesus shot him over Christ, two French man. bulldogs. And I had no idea French bulldogs were. I I know a little bit about French bulldogs because I know they I know they, they are cost. Adorable. They are adorable, and I know that they're costly. But I never th- I never think of the idea that somebody would like steal them and sell them like you would do a bike or or a TV or something. And French Bulldogs, I was like, they're very expensive. But they're very expensive because they're hard to breed. 
because they can't breed themselves a lot of the times because they have stubby legs and they can't mount a female dog. Yeah. To, so they have to like inseminate them. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other things along those lines that are why they cost so much money. But you just go, oh, damn. Well, I guess if I really want one, I got to kick off the bread. I never think of the idea that somebody would be like, oh, they go for five on the high end. So if I steal one, I can sell it for twenty five hundred easily. In my mind, I go, who would buy a five year old bulldog? Like, you don't, you know, like, I guess if you came to them and you say they uh, were at a shelter or something, you feel like you're doing a good thing. But I feel like that dog would be so bummed out, especially coming from Lady yeah. Gaga's house. And you just fucking in some house in Rancho Cucamonga now. Yeah. It's doing OK. That's crazy, but I'm not, like, shocked because they do that to people. So it's like. Yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> damn. Yeah, shit. Sorry. Shit just got real. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, yeah, I was, yeah, damn, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, it's, but the, in my mind, a person, it's all wrong, but a person is more yeah, valuable yeah. than a dog. Yeah. I just didn't, you know, like, um, we had a Samoyed uh, breed of dog when I was in middle school, high school. We had to go to like upstate Beautiful New York dog. to go get yeah Nico. He was, he was he was gorgeous. He was like a celebrity. Like I would ride around with him. People, yeah. oh my god, can I pet your dog? It was it was wild. It really was. Uh, it was like it was like being friends with Brad Pitt, honestly. <laughs> but we had to go upstate to New York, and my mom she told me later on he, she was like he cost like twelve hundred dollars, and I go wow that that's a lot of money for a dog, but I never in my mind would think oh you could just steal six Samoyeds. And sell and resell it. Like it's just the idea of treating a dog like shoes or something. It's yeah. just I never thought of it that way. So to see it happen, I go, oh shit, are people out here stealing dogs and then reselling them? Was, but for somebody to to pull over in the middle of the street and to do the GTA over over um, dogs is crazy. Like crazy. A armed armed robbery for dogs, crazy. But I mean, what are you now? What kind of type of per, what type of person do you think this person is? This oh, person that, that does a whole bunch of illegal shit, yeah, or like oh, they, they just they have like study breeds. No, or no, just, no, no. They just like. Well, I think I gotta keep an eye on. I think that probably if you are if you are in the world of shady of, shit of thievery, you know, like oh, uh, Chevy Impalas are the easiest locks to pick on a car, and this type of dog goes for this much That's money, and this type of watch, right like crazy. they can just spot it and go, oh, I can get money for that. I don't know that's if they stuff. I don't. I don't think they study dogs, but they probably know the top three. But that's what I mean. Most like, expensive. But do you dogs. know that 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 type of stuff though? Yeah, like, like anything. Like yo, yo, yo. you got the MacBook. Uh, yeah, that's, whatever. That's a, that's a French bulldog. Crazy. Those are those are French because they could have just been English bulldogs, and they probably don't go for as much. But they had to, they saw the ears or something, something to something. where they go. Yo, 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 hold up. Those are French. Pull over and got the ski mask out over some dogs. Yeah. If you go to that person's house, they probably have like oh my goodness, uh, TVs and and fucking a box full of Rolex yeah. watches and shit. Just yeah, all... but do you see the tail? Yeah, it like, curls. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, that's, yeah, that's from that's from the that's from the region of France, cause crazy, crazy thing is, again, they didn't know it was Lady Gaga's dog. Whole world's taken by storm over the last few days. She put out a five hundred thousand dollar reward for the dog's return. Right? It was two. Oh, how much? Half a million dollars. Now check this shit out. A good Samaritan, quote unquote. I'm not gonna say she's not, but I'm sure they're gonna do their due diligence and do their research. Because if I'm such a cynic and and uh, such a skeptic and and jaded that I, I I'm my first thought is she's in on it. Oh yeah, for sure. So the they found the dogs a couple or a good Samaritan found the dogs two days later tied up to a, a street pole a couple of blocks from where the dogs were stolen and the guy was shot. So this lady comes forward like, oh. I just found them in an alley. It's yeah, crazy, sure. you know. So, and she could have been, 
But you know what would have really told me she was a good Samaritan if she goes, "Oh, I just love Gady, Lady Gaga. I don't want any. I don't want any money." But yeah. they are. But the I, and she could have, I guess. But all the he, all the headlines are like she's expected to get the half a million dollar reward. So what? that that tells me I could be wrong, but that tells me she was like, "So about the reward?" Like that was her her que- yeah. involved in her question as opposed to just being like, "I'm just gonna go drop these off at a police station. Somebody lost their dogs." Instead of treating it like, in my mind, because the because the reward came up, that tells me that, or that paints the picture in my mind that the two dudes were like, yo, listen, we're going to go back, put the dogs in the alley. You come forward. Some some girl that this dude is having sex with or dating or whatever, or whichever person is is dating or something. In my mind, this is all, uh, I'm, I'm speculating. And they were like, yo, we're going to go put the dogs in there. We're going to pull off. You come by. Like in, in ten minutes to make sure nobody else sees the dog, you come by right after us and go and just come forward and say you found him, and then we'll you know we'll split the half a million together. That's crazy. They was they was trying to make three stacks, four at the most, and then anything like, under market got it. Like and then up that, but like a thousand percent. No, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think this is gonna go the way they think it is. I'm more look at it like they that's were just crazy. trying to get. They were trying to get three thousand dollars by doing a really horrible thing, stealing somebody's dog from somebody, and then you found you find out you stole like. The Prince of Dogs. Because they didn't think that the fucking dogs they stole were going to be on the cover of Time Magazine and fucking L.A. Times. Nobody thought that. You can't think that when you steal a dog. Yeah. That's crazy. You had these damn dogs. Yeah. I I feel like it wouldn't even have been a a fight. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I know that's his job, but you're not a a bodyguard. You know, you're not a bodyguard. You're a dog walker. Let the dogs go, man. I just want to know how he they got for them to, you know, all I, I heard the video. I saw the video. It's like it's it's posted footage, and he all you hear is the guy screaming. Mm. It wasn't like a fighter. It was like he was just like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" And then they they let some shots off, That's and then crazy. took the put took the dogs, put them in the car, and took off. So yeah, you know, everything's on video. Jesus. There's cameras everywhere. You can't get away with crimes today, man. You have to be such a sophisticated cr- criminal and be setting up distractions somewhere else for people to be looking, and then you commit. It has to be a whole thing. You can't just blatantly commit a crime. I saw a video of some dudes that robbed a bank in New York. Over like a week ago, and the, the police were in the doorway, and they got so the guy got caught. Yeah, and the police have their guns out, like in the doorway. Yeah, he tried to run by him. <laughs> he, tried, he thought he was gonna be like, just like run and try to push. The, and you, and as soon as he, so he runs, and then you see him make contact with the police. Yeah, money shoots all out of the bag. He oh, falls on the ground. Man. Like, what did you think you were? You thought you were gonna just like Jerome Bettis through the cops and then run down the street yeah. and get away? Come on, man. I don't know, but people are desperate, I guess, is the yeah. main point. After that video I saw that guy in that snow shit, I was like, oh, shit. Snow shit? That, that uh, guy that killed them two people over them, that snow? Uh, oh, I didn't see this. You didn't see that video? No, no. That was the crazy shit. What I did he, the snow, ever, what did he? It was, they, was, uh, they got an argument over uh, shoveling, shoveling the, the snow. snow. Wow. You didn't see that? No, uh-uh. That shit was crazy. Like, the guy tried to steal, take the, the spot that somebody else shoveled or something? No, no, no. So what happened was, you might, I'm sure you probably heard of it. So I'm, I'm, I want to get into it now because we didn't talk Before about it. Before you jump into it, I want to say rest in peace. Ryan, I mean, not rest in peace, but prayers to Ryan Fisher. That's, that was the dog walker. But yeah, go ahead and continue. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was, these neighbors, they had like, they had a history of arguments. Okay. So they were shoveling the snow, but they were throwing the snow on his yard. Got it. Okay. And he was like, and they was like, hey, man, stop throwing the snow on my yard. And they, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm making life a living hell. And the guy was like, what? All right. Come out. Bow, bow. Or right like, out of the door. Come on. He came out of his house shooting, right? And the, and, and the two people, the guy and his uh, two neighbors that live across the street, the guy and the wife. Oh, and his wife? Yes, was just standing there. He was shooting. And they was like, I'm like, did they think he wasn't actually going to shoot that he gun? He thought he had a cap gun or something? And shot him. 
And then the husband Wait, so you wait, so he came out and he he didn't start immediately shooting. They was they were standing there while the guns was going off? Yes. Oh, he came shit, out okay. and he got in the poles and was shooting. They were standing there because I guess they thought he missed because the guy missed like four times. Yeah. Oh, so they must have just then, thought like he was, he, They maybe they couldn't hear the bullets or something. I don't know. It was right there and shot him. And then he went back in the house, got a shotgun, finished him off. Back, what? You didn't see this video? No, I've never seen this in my life, man. This is crazy what you're telling me right now. So he shot, he hit both of them, and they went down. Yep. And then he went in the house and got a new gun. Got a shotgun. And got up close and, and killed them. them. So he murdered them. Finished them. Oh, I never saw this in my life. No, I never have heard of this. Cra- That's and crazy. He, and he killed himself. What? Still, yeah, it was murder-suicide. Oh, yeah, you can't fuck with people. That shit, it was the craziest shit ever. It was, it was like, he had so, it was a, it's something, it was something, so was much disturbed. built up. Yeah, that dude was. It was so much, for him to go. To do that and you can hear everything and yeah. go, I told you to shut the hell up and then just finish. It was crazy. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. This is real. Bro. This is real, bro. Never heard of this in my the life. The craziest shit I've yeah, ever I've seen. Never, I never heard. That's crazy. I've never heard of that in my life. That's insane. Yo, people are crazy, man. man. Shit was wild. Jesus. Anyway, uh, we got an email. I just want to read a quick email from a listener before we get into the thank yous and the shout outs on, the, on Patreon. Um, this is an email that answers a question that we kind of had. So okay. this email is from a listener named Morgan. She, uh, The subject line is Realtors Disclosing Murder. Hmm. So she said, hello, I'm a new listener, but I've heard you ask if realtors have to disclose if there's ever been a a death or a murder in the house. Well, let me tell you the answer I received when I asked the same question in real estate school. Apparently, according to the laws in Texas, oh, you're from Texas, prayers to you, Texas, where I'm a realtor, you only have to disclose death on the property if the property itself caused the death. Basically, you only have to say if the stairs collapsed and caused someone to die or something like that. So if the house itself murdered someone, you legally have to disclose. As far as national laws go, it's my understanding that all realtors in the U.S. should disclose if a violent death has taken place. So that so that would include murder and suicide. Unfortunately, homeowners don't always tell us or even know if there's been a violent crime that happened in the past before they moved in. My suggestion to buyers is to go to diedinhouse.com. Mm. Never heard of this website, but it's Did you go on it? No. Oh. I no, I don't want to know if somebody died in my house. I do. Okay, well you can go to died D I E D I N mm. house.com to find out, but you do have to pay a small fee, I think, oh, to never get the mind. information. <laughs> oh, is that the only thing stopping you? Yeah. Would you really want to know if somebody died in your house? Yeah. Never would I want, ever want to know Why that. Why not? Why would I ever want to give myself? Do you know we would have to move if I told Sierra that? If I looked it up and it was like, yeah, a guy was like brutally murdered in your house. Keep it to yourself. What? Keep it to yourself. I wouldn't be able to. It would haunt my every waking well, moment. If, if I ever heard a noise in the middle you, of the night. But if you find out, I wake up and the clock says three thirty three in the yeah, morning, but, and I'm but, like, did a, is that old man breath on my neck? Yeah, but if you find out, then you know what all the noises are. You know what all the noise is coming oh, from. Oh, great. I'm just So it just confirms that my house is haunted. Yeah. Oh, joy. Instead of me just being like, you're crazy, man. Don't worry about it. I get confirmation. Now you got a friend. You're, you're out, out of your you mind. You got a friend living here with you. you just a friend, you're guess. out of your mind. Personally, I wouldn't even... <laughs> she said, personally, I wouldn't really mind if somebody died in the house. If they were just old or something like that. Not scary. I'm not super into the idea of living in a house where a family annihilation happened or something. Anyway, I'm loving the podcast. You guys are so hilarious and I'm happy... I uh, found you guys a new true crime podcast to bench. Thanks for what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. Thank you, Morgan. But, but uh, okay, now listen. This dude's crazy. What if, what if somebody did die listen, in your house? What? What, what, what if somebody did die What if they house? did? I don't want to know is my point. If they did, th- th- probably somebody did die here. I don't know, okay, but I don't, but, want, I don't want to know. I don't want to know their name, see their what, face, What's the difference? What's the, what do you mean uh, what's the difference? Of you not knowing 
what's the difference in me not knowing and me knowing? Yeah. <laughs> a pretty big difference. That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big what's difference. The difference? Uh, I can put a name and a face to any sounds that I hear around the house, and I can put them on a person and a spirit and an a, a, a energy in the house, that's only as here. opposed to just me and B being like, the steps creaked. That's only here, man. It's it can and I like it to be all in my head. It would yeah. be less in my head if I saw a picture of a person who died here for sure. I don't think it, it, it would be. It would to me. It would to me. It would make a big difference to you. That's fine. That's fine. I'll I'll pay the small fee to look for your house. No, that's okay. And if you, I swear to and God, I'll let you know, bro. Listen, I swear <laughs> to God, I swear on everything. If you if you tell me that if you if you find that out and you tell me that you're buying me a new house, you are buying me. You're you're gonna find you're gonna find a realist a realtor and yeah. a person to buy this house, <laughs> yeah. and then you're gonna find me a new house and we'll use the money from this to buy the new house. We're moving. So think about think about. Think about that really carefully before you make that decision to do that. I really want you to think about that because you have to deal with Sierra when she wants to, when she listens because yeah. she's our biggest supporter uh -huh. and listens to every episode. And you come on here and you're like, "Yo, somebody did die in your house. Her I'm name was Gladys." You, I'm doing you guys a favor. How? Because By doing something you, we're because, asking you not to do. Because now you know. Okay, <laughs> we're we're gonna know the address of the next house we're gonna live at too when you find it. Uh, it's time for some shoutouts, man. Again, to all the Patreon supporters, man, it's, it's so much love and gratitude. Thank you so much for um, supporting and listening. I really hope you guys are enjoying the content over there. We have a short list this week, but short does not mean unimportant. Every single one of you guys are awesome. Up first, we got Jalen W. Shout out to you. Her face looks beat to the gods in her little circle frame. It's just like doing this heads up thing. Cheeks mm -hmm. look rouged. I'm digging it. Up next, we got Naja. Shout out to Naja. That is a picture of like a, I think that's a pug dog. Shout out Naja? to you. Naja. N-A-J-A-H. If I'm not, I don't mean to not say it right. I'm just going Naja. So no last name. Up next, we got Melissa M. Melissa M. Shout out to you. Looks like you're maybe having a good time with some friends. Some of these photos are so hard to see. Up next, we got Megan M. Shout out to you, Megan M. That could be Megan McCain. That could be Megan Merkel. I don't know. I'm going to keep it to myself. I'll never tell you guys. Uh, and lastly, we got Johnny G. John G. J-O-N-G. Shout out to you. Keep doing your thing, baby. Woo! I don't know what that was. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I just really like guys named John. They, they're, they're solid, sturdy dudes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are the shout-outs for this week. Thank you guys all very much for the support. We love you, and um, thank you so much. Okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked-up shit. So stick around. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by The Social High Five. During 2020, we all had to adapt to some very unexpected conditions. It was no different for us sports fans. We're all anxiously looking forward to the time that we can reopen sports bars and stadiums, but COVID, flu, and other health risks are still very real. Now, though, there's an awesome new way for fans to cheer on their team and still keep their hands germ-free. With the Social High Five. Made from a sturdy, light, and easy-to-clean styrene, the Social High Five straps to your hand with ease and allows for a hygienic hand slap after your team scores a big goal, makes a massive play, and hopefully wins the big game. The company actually sent Fran and I a couple of social high fives, and while I believe podcasting is a sport, Fran has asked me to stop using mine to slap his butt because, quote, this is not basketball, man. We're talking into microphones, end quote. Give the sports fanatic in your life a helping hand with the social high five. Just go to social, H-I-G-H, the number five, dot com and order one today i think this will be a fantastic product for sports bars or even sporting organizations to just have ready for when fans come back when patrons come back into their businesses to say hey 
we're still following the guidelines. We still want people to be safe, but it's okay to celebrate and cheer when your team does something awesome. So again, go to socialhighfive.com and get you one today. Tell them Affirmative Murder sent you. All right, back to the show. All right, friend, it's my turn to go first this week. My Affirmative Murder of this of these episode, I don't know what is that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is uh, uh, the the West Side Rapist. Mm. Uh, my sources were Murderpedia, CBSNews.com, and LA, LA Weekly. What's it, Chicago? LA. Oh. LA Weekly. Okay. Uh, oh, that's what you said? I didn't hear that. Yeah. Much. I was trying to figure out where, where West Side, what West, West Side, the term a lot. Well, it's every, I don't know a state that, every state has a I West don't know. Side. I just thought Chicago. <laughs> Every uh, there's a west side of Baltimore. <laughs> but show me why did you why did Chicago? <laughs> okay, cool. <clears throat> John Floyd Thomas Thomas was known as an insurance claims adjuster with a soft spoken demeanor. Neighbors described him as a friendly doll of a person, which is why they they were sh- so shocked when police showed up to arrest him at his home in 2009. However, while the neighbors stood there in disbelief as he was put into the back of a squad car, police knew the truth and had a rap sheet to prove it. Detectives got their big break in March of 2009. The previous October, detectives were having every paroled black rapist from L.A. submit a DNA sample to compare with the Grim Sleeper case, which would later be attributed to Lonnie Franklin. Thomas had uh, been convicted of a rape in 1978 and served five years in prison. Just keep in mind that I said that. 1978, served five years in prison. His DNA came back as negative for the Grim Sleeper case. But there was a positive match for two murders, one in 1972 and another in 1976. This was significant because this was the first big break in a decades old serial killer case known as the West Side Rapist. Do you think he was he was. You ever think he had the idea was like, oh, they might they probably gonna find out. Oh, there's he. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible that he just thought they were running it against the Grim Sleeper case and he could have gone. I didn't commit any of those murders. Yeah. So. But. I mean, I would think anybody with any common sense would go. They probably are going to run it against other stuff. So I'm sure he, I'm sure his heart definitely, you know, started beating faster when he got, you know, notified that they were going to be running his DNA for a murder case, regardless of whatever it was. He was like, oh, shit. Well, I'm sure he was like, oh, shit. Well, I did commit some murders. Yeah. Like I said, from 1972 to 1978, the West Side Rapist terrorized the Inglewood suburb of Los Angeles, leaving over 20 women dead and raping over two dozen more. Damn. Police had never had a serious crack in the case. All they knew was that the suspect had a preference for elderly white women living alone, and all reports were that he was a clean-cut black male in his 20s. Soon after the attacks began, police questioned Brandon Thomer because of murders he had committed just north of Inglewood. But he was ruled out as a suspect along with 14 other men. The trail went cold, and the murders and rapes stopped in 1978 the same year Thomas was sentenced to prison for the rape charge. On the other side of Los Angeles, another series of similar attacks began in 1983 in the town of Pomona, California. Over a six-year span, more than, more than 10 women were murdered, each fitting the same profile as the murders of the previous decade. Yet, due to the Distance between the crimes, not only geographically, but chronologically, because, you know, a time had passed. So I guess they, they, they didn't think that these two incidents, incidences of 
um, high volume of women being raped and murdered were connected. They just moved on and just thought that they were separate incidences. So the connection was never made in the, uh, between the two incidences and until Thomas was apprehended over two decades later. After the police had Thomas in custody, his DNA was also tested and was a match for the 1986 murder of Adrian Askew. Police found out after his release from prison that he relocated to the Pomona area, but left in 1989 when he relocated to Glendale, California. Detectives studied patterns and similarities between the crimes and noted that wherever Thomas was, elderly white women were raped and murdered. Yet when he took his job as a state insurance worker in 1989, it appears that his murder bench stopped. Detectives came to this conclusion because there was not a surface of a surfacing of bodies in the Glendale area after 1989. Um, the detectives do see that it is possible that he could have traveled to the, to other parts of the city to murder, but they have no evidence to support that theory. Just the knowledge that the serial killers that just the knowledge that serial killers have a difficult time shutting down their urge to kill. So even though they didn't find any bodies after 1989, they find it kind of hard to believe that he just never killed again until he was apprehended in, in 2009. But they also attributed the fact that he turned 50 somewhere around that time to him just saying, you know what, man, I'm older. I have a job now. I'm a little busy, not moving like I used to. I'm going to go ahead and call it quits. I don't see that. That'd be hard to believe. That eventually you just like age out of being a serial killer. And there you go. Just like, I don't have the energy for it no more. I, I find it hard to believe that it's just some switch you can just turn off and that, he didn't have, you know, failed incidences that told him if I tr- if I keep doing this, I'm going to get caught. I don't know. That's a hard one for me. That's a hard one. That's a, this is all speculation. Of course, he could have could have killed people in the 90s, could have killed people in the early 2000s. I don't really know. But they are saying they 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 didn't find anybody surfacing in the areas that he was known to live after 1989. So they're saying it's possible that he turned 50 and got a very demanding job as an insurance claims adjuster and just got too busy to be a serial killer anymore. Yeah. In 2011, Thomas pled guilty to seven murders. He received seven life sentences at the age of 75. Prosecutors did not push for the death penalty because they believed it was just another burden on the taxpayers and that he would likely pass away during the appeals process. So it's both of those things. Yeah, seven that, life? What do you mean? Well, I'm saying they didn't push for the death penalty because they said, you know, Dying he's going to die anyway. Yeah, is what they were saying. Uh Detectives believe Thomas is responsible for at least 30 murders, but because it's but because it often takes DNA evidence or a solid confession to get a murder conviction, they decided to only press charges on the seven for which they had DNA evidence. Detectives hope that he breaks down someday and confesses to each of the crimes in full detail. John Floyd Thomas is still currently alive and serving out his uh, prison sentence um, in Los Angeles, California, somewhere. Just try to call him. I don't know what your obsession is. I'm not calling anybody that murdered people. It's just not happening. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace to Ethel Sokoloff, Cora Perry, Elizabeth McKeon, Mabel Hudson, Miriam McKinley, Evelyn Bunner, and Adrian Askew. These were the victims that they could prove and were the res- responsible for his seven life sentences. There is also a list of women that they believe he's responsible for, but they weren't able to prove it, so I'm not going to read them. They kill me with that damn... That multiple life sentence stuff. I don't know. What do you mean? 
Because it just doesn't make any difference. Yeah, like, well, what it is is on. It's just on the book saying like you killed this person, so this is your punishment for that person. It, it's not like yeah, I get. They're that. not like we're giving you seven life sentences for punishment. It's like you got seven life sentences, one for each of your victims. You Unless know? you and if you die and come back, I'm sorry. Say no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> caught me off guard with that one. Okay, I know. Cool. yeah. <laughs> so it was only seven. It was only seven of them that they can, that they could prove their DNA. Yes, they could they could have they could have they could have brought them to trial. Yeah, but they the prosecutor said without DNA evidence or a confession, it's hard to get a murder conviction. Gotcha. So they could have brought them in and said, "You also killed this person," but I think they should have. I mean, they, but like if they just say their names and they get no conviction. I feel like if they wanted to try to bring him into, I think that's double jeopardy. Oh, I think that's okay. double jeopardy. Like if you bring him in and then they find him not guilty, then if you do find DNA evidence or something like that at another point in time, you can't bring it forward again. So you run the risk of doing that, you know, for the for the show of it all and, you know, for the sympathy, but you don't get any real justice if they, he's found not, not guilty, okay. you know? So, Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the story of the... Uh, the West Side Rapist, John Floyd Thomas. Uh, again, this is another guy. They think that he's responsible for upwards of 39 um, murders. And a lot of people never heard of this guy. So, yeah, me either. Um, but his victim pool was elderly white ladies. So that's, that's, that's the thing that's odd to me is that he's not more known because of who he was killing. You know, it's not like his victims were... What, what society would deem as unimportant or, you know, people that get kind of lost. And hit. I guess, you know what, I take that back because the list of the the victims that they think he's responsible for and even the some of the women on the list of all the, of them were black i mean all of them were white all of them were white yeah yeah for, at least it for, was at least at least, for, at least i mean I, it might have been it, oh. i guess it's possible but predominantly a list of of but the like, seven of, were all white yes elderly white women all of them i mean when i say elderly i mean 70 plus so i guess that is, in in a way that is a is that, that elderly 70 yeah yeah it is sure. yeah yeah so i mean like, it's not octogen like, like octogenarian is is in the 80s but no, elderly elderly just means, you know, oh. retirement age. So like 65. Yeah, 65 plus I would say is elderly. Damn. You know, but yeah, I mean. Um, I feel a little disrespect. This might call me elderly as like 60. What do you mean? What would you want to be called? Nothing? There's got to be a name for you. But I think elderly should be like 80. That's elderly. Ah, uh, see, we get this argument, man. See, I don't even want to live to be 80, so <laughs> I feel like I'm elderly at 72. I'm not going to be working. <laughs> I'm going to be retired. Yeah. I'm going to be wearing, like, you know, slacks. and At 80? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wearing slacks and, you know, medicated shoes. Yeah. Dr. Scholl's insoles in them and stuff and maybe playing golf. <laughs> that's a, that's a, I'm, a re- I'm a retiree. Is that better? Is that better? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me, man? <laughs> is that better? Souls. What they, what they got to do with anything, man? Medicated souls in your shoes. You know, I know what they saying. are. What? All right, well, don't take offense to it because you have plantar fasciitis. Don't get, like, offended. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm saying, not. like, you're old or something. I'm just saying if you, if, if when I'm older, I'm going to have special souls in my shoes. Yeah. I'm not okay. saying if those having souls in your shoes makes you old. Yeah. I'm just saying when I'm old, I will have souls Why? in my shoes. Why just, is just that? Just to make like uh, I want to be feeling like I'm walking on a cloud, man. You know, you got old feet. All right. Old feet, you got to take care of them, you know? But what about a retiree? Is that better? Yeah. Okay, retire. That's like a yeah. That's like sixty, right? Yeah, yeah. Going to Boca Raton, Florida. You know, yeah. going having some good time, riding around in golf carts. But utterly not. That's Fucking just, not crazy. 65. I'm not. We not gonna go there because I don't. Believe I'm sorry. That. I don't believe that. You don't believe what? 
it's not a matter of what you believe or not. I mean, these these el- these nursing homes are running rampant with chlamydia no, and no, all kind not. of sexually transmitted no, diseases, not. man. No, they're they're clapping cheeks in these uh, nursing homes. You people are delusion. That's not happening in nursing homes. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Wait, so you used to work at a nursing home. I know. You worked in the cafeteria, though. You didn't, like, change bedpans or anything like that. No. You weren't but in my mom like, did. Okay, but she worked at, so she, your mom has the dirt, bro. Ask your mom. Ask your, you going to tell me that you're, they weren't clapping cheeks? No, not in a nursing home. Maybe not at that nursing home. But at the high-level nursing homes where it's sunny going down in Florida where it feels like vacation and they got the shuffleboard, you know, and the bocce ball <laughs> and people are out having a good time, man, Curtis and Ethel and then Curtis and, and Jamel and then and then Ethel and Jamel get into a fight <laughs> over their man and yeah. all this kind of, you know, and she, oh, you're messing with that young girl. She's 70. And, you know, Jamel's 70. 78. You know, all that. This is happening. No, it's not. And then Curtis is giving both of them chlamydia. No, it's not. Yeah, this is happening all the time, man. No, it's not. Look it up. Look at the look at look up the. Uh, I'm not because that's look gross. Up the STD I'm not rates. looking up. So you will look up if there if, if there's a ghost in my house. Yeah, but you won't look up a simple fact of if you know if, if people are clapping cheeks in these uh, old folks' homes. No, because they are. No, it's just a fact, man. No, what else are you supposed to it's do? It's more fun to look up if if to find out if you guys had a, d- a dead person in here. Wow, you? man, look, sex is enjoyable for everyone. I want everybody to enjoy themselves, have a good time. Doesn't mean when you turn seventy, you just. Elderly, as you took as a slur, you yeah. know, you still want to clap cheeks. You, you want to get your cheeks clapped. You know, those, those are those are things that you have the right to do. Uh, is it my turn to go yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, this conversation is making you uncomfortable, cause, so I kind of want to sit in it for a bit because my my story was so short. Why? What is? I mean, what's the big deal, man? About what? Getting cheeks clapped? You know? I think it's gross. What? What do you mean gross? Why is that? How's that gross? Because they don't need to be doing that. So when you're seventy, you're not gonna be clapping cheeks anymore. No. You just gonna give up? Yep. No, man, not me. Blue pill, yump, and it's gonna be a party time. <laughs> yep. Exercise, exercise. I that is exercise. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean proper exercise. I mean, I don't know more proper exercise than clapping cheeks, man. Gym. It's been around since the beginning that of the can, time. That can kill you. That's not hold exercise. On, hold on, man. You were talking about earlier. We're talking about like lies and just saying crazy stuff when you get caught. Now if you're now you're <laughs> just saying crazy stuff. So you you think clapping cheeks can kill you, but going to the gym won't kill you? If you're 85 years old, clapping but if you're 85 cheeks? years old, going to the gym will kill you. Clapping cheeks will also kill no, you. It's then. not. You can go to the, you can go to the gym, walk on the treadmill, nice and slow, and I can like I can nice and slow some cheeks too. No, you cannot. Seventy <laughs> no, five. No, That's all I'm gonna be doing is nice and no, slow and some cheeks. No, you get that. What do you, you think? Gonna, no, no, <laughs> no. I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is gross. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna do this. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. Yeah, so like I was saying, you know, you clap, clapping cheeks, and you're seventy years old. My affirmative murder this week <laughs> is I don't talk. I have I have grandparents, man. I don't want to. That's nah, man. You think your grandparents aren't out here still clapping cheeks slash being cheeps clapped, cheeks slapped? I don't know and don't want to know, and that's not something I think about. Uh, my affirmative murder this week is about um, Sasaku Nakamura. Okay. All right. This is uh, I got this from uh, Medium dot com. Okay. This was written by S. A. Osborne. Um, this was this was in January, written January twentieth. So this is a pretty new article. Okay. So in many in many murder and violent crime cases, the defense usually involves a plea of insanity, limited capacity, or some sort of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Illness. Criminals are often victims themselves of physical or sexual abuse or some sort of uh, childhood trauma. Raised in poor conditions. Lacking education and opportunities. Many people turn to crime to survive. And often those who suffer from mental illness 
don't receive the help they need and often end up getting involved with drugs and crime. Mm. But this story is about someone who suffered from a physical disability rather than a mental one. His trouble with dealing with his physical disability and his feelings of detachment from society led him to violent tendencies and criminal actions. How did he go from good student to vicious killer and who were his victims? This is the story of Japan's only deaf serial killer. Oh, wow. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, because... Well, I don't see... Actually, I don't see how being deaf could hinder you from being a serial killer. It is interesting, though. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, stop like, you. I, 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 I can see I how mean, it could be... I, I can see how it could hinder you from being a criminal. You know, like, if you're going to go sneak up on somebody and you can't tell if you're making, making noise, noise or not. Yeah, yeah, You know, so that's interesting. But I guess... I, I don't know how he killed people, so I'd be interested to see how he killed them. Yeah. So, um... Nakamura was 14 when he committed his first crimes. Unfortunately, because of the timing in 1938, with the war efforts with the war efforts underway and the Japanese government suppressing information to keep public panic to a minimum. So, while he was doing these crimes, mm-hmm. we had the war going on. Yeah, and it was like they tried. Let's keep this under wraps because we don't want this getting out and causing mass chaos stuff. in the streets. And yep. everything. So his crimes were, weren't brought into the spotlight. Instead, much information about Nakamura and his life and crimes has been lost or kept secret. Mm. What we do know is that Nakamura attempted to rape two women in 1938. Wow. He was sexually, assault, he was sexually assaulting them. They resisted and fought back. He ended up killing both women by stabbing them both to death. Mm. Whether he committed other crimes that led up to this rape, and murder is unknown. For the next two years, Nakamura did not commit any more crimes that we know of. Despite his lack of hearing, Nakamura was somehow able to target people and get away with it. That's well, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, that is... Because this sounds like a crime of, like, stealth. Yeah. So that yeah, is yeah. interesting, actually. Wow. Yeah. On August 18, 1941, when Nakamura was 17 years old, he decided to kill his third woman and injure a fourth. They were both stabbed using a knife. Throughout his childhood, he was a fan of samurai movies and idolized the katana swords and knives. These were his weapons of choice. Maybe his lack of hearing made him feel inferior and he needed to find something that would give him power. Knives were his tool for gaining his power. Just two days later on August 20th, three more people were found murdered. They had all been brutally stabbed to death. Police had a description of the suspect and had Nakamura in their sights, but did nothing to try, but did nothing and tried to cover up the crimes in order to avoid panic in a small town. So they just let him keep cooking. Yeah. Wow. At this point, Nakamura had killed six people and injured one. But 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 the town, but they're just like seen as isolated incidences, or don't the like the public doesn't even know this is really happening. The public don't know what's happening, but they do have an idea. Like, hey, we know what this is, but we don't, we can't. You know, make it a big deal. Right, right, right. So we don't freak freak the public out. Yeah. So a month later, Nakamura decided to kill again. This time, it was t- it was targeted at his own family. On September twenty seventh, he got into an argument with his brother and once again pulled out his knife. And guy had the knife, the knives on him. Yeah. At all times. The ensuing attack was a bloodbath. Nakamura stabbed. And slashed his entire family, including his father, mm. sister, brother, and his brother's wives, and his brother's children. One person. Yeah. Did all this. Yeah. 
Jeez. Nakamura's brother ended up dying that day, but the other family members luckily survived. The people arrived and I'm sorry, the police arrived and questioned the, su- the surviving family members, but none of them outed Nakamura. They feared for their lives and knew if they pointed fingers at Nakamura, next time he would finish the job. Oh, so he's like the real deal with these with these swords and oh, these yeah. knives. Oh yeah. Wow. Without family's help, the police could not do anything, and once again, Nakamura was free to do as he pleased. That's great. He killed somebody, and he was like, mm. "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I got a big gash in my neck, but I don't yeah. know what happened." That's crazy. The next summer, on August thirtieth, nineteen forty-two, Nakamura struck again. This time, he saw a young woman he wanted to target and followed her home. She came home to her husband and three children, with Nakamura following behind. Nakamura entered the home and attempted to assault the woman, but her husband tried to stop him. Nakamura ended up stabbing and killing both the woman and her husband. Wow. He then stabbed and killed both of their young children as stop. well. Stop. Oh, my God. This is crazy. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he killed the, the wife and the husband, and he also killed the two young children, only leaving alive the youngest child who was a girl. He started to sexually assault her, but but midway stopped the assault and fled. So it wasn't like he was like, the baby, I'm not going to. Yeah, he was like, it was it's like, a girl. Yeah. Wow, jeez. Yeah. And this and this is the part that was like, you know, it probably wouldn't affect him like it would affect any, maybe any other serial killer. I don't know. Here we go. I was pretty. So he, would, he was deaf, so he couldn't hear the cries of his victims, but maybe something scared him off and he left her alone with her dead family. She was the only survivor in her family. So I think maybe him being, not being able to hear. Made him less it, empathetic to people? Maybe. He doesn't, I, hit, I mean, know, the, the, yeah. the screams, he doesn't, he can't, he doesn't hear none of that. I, I guess, I guess. That's in, that's interesting. That's definitely an interesting take. It, so I just think it wasn't, it wouldn't affect, I mean. I mean, clearly something's wrong with him. Yeah, for right? sure. So I don't know if like, just him not being able to hear the screams. If like if he could hear the screams, he wouldn't be a serial killer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. That's that's hard. That's interesting though. That is interesting. But I mean, like I'm not. I'm not saying that that will him not being able to hear would change if he was a serial killer. Right. Right. I'm saying that. Um, it just it just it, it, it allows it, him it, another layer of disconnecting exactly, from it, what he's doing. Right. I, I then, get what you're then, saying. Then uh, any anybody else. Right. I, mean. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. That's just how I. That's how I. No, see I get that. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely interesting for sure. So through her description and testimony, the police were able to find and capture arrest capture and arrest Nakamura on October tw- on October twelfth, nineteen forty two. Um. So just to be clear, when you like, so when he killed this whole family, this was after they already had an idea of some stuff, but they were trying to keep the public uninformed before he killed the the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's on them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, the police making... all this all all this tried I'm to cover it as yeah, up. I'm just making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they finally arrested him um on October twelfth, nineteen forty two. On November eleventh, Nakamura's father committed suicide because of the shame that Nakamura brought to, to their family. Mm. So Nakamura was a teenage boy from Japan who was born deaf, um, went from a boy who was known as an upstanding as an upstanding boy to someone who ended up sexually assaulting many women and killing 11 people before he was 18 years old. Born in 1924 um, in Japan, Nakamura was a, was an intelligent boy achieving high marks at school, 
He was born to a, a relatively middle-class family but was treated poorly by his family and those around him because of his disability. According to his testimony, he was often seen as a social outcast and didn't have many friends. His only, reason, his only real passion was movies of samurai, ninjas, and assassins that killed with, by the swords. So that was his, that's his jam. He must have got pretty dope with a samurai sword that he took his whole family on. I mean, it had to be. I, it had to be a samurai sword for you yeah, to like just have the slice, have the distance. Like, yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah, like it wasn't sure. like a like a, a like knife. A knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, he put that thing sling. Yeah, got the. Oh, you think the, he kept the, it in the sheath, walking maybe? around? That would be crazy. Yeah. So, um, so Robert Keller, who wrote a book, um, about famous Japanese killers, um. He wrote about Nakamura's life. And I'm guessing this is just like apart from his, his book that he wrote. Uh, it has been noted that many serial killers who suffer from, who suffer such ostracism retreat into a fantasy world mm. fueled most often by revenge fantasies. Mm. This was certainly the case with um, Nakamura. He, he developed a near obsession with samurai culture and enjoyed watching movies where samurai slaughtered their victims. With lethal katana swords. Now, for him to watch that, man. Yeah. That's just like when you when we watch basketball videos and we go, oh, I'm going to go try that. Yeah. But for you to go buy a samurai sword. Dedication, bro. And to go, I'm going to try this spin move. Yeah. It's like, I would never show up to the gym and be like, I saw LeBron hit the windmill tomahawk. I just can't do it. I know if I tried it, I would hurt myself. Yeah. That's how I ruptured my Achilles. So the idea that he... Was like okay, so you take it swing in the spot, in like in pop. his room, like practicing. yeah, working on the move because he had to. Again, even if like let's say you put a sword in my hand right now, yeah. If five people came in here of varying heights and ages and everything, I might be able to get a couple of them off, but eventually they're gonna surround me and get. So he had enough. He knew how to step back, create yeah. more space, attack, get back into a defense. So you know that's I mean that's crazy. It's to me. All in one fluid motion, just. You, it's probably like little techniques you gotta do, like keep your elbow in or something crazy oh, like for that. Sure, man. But with the samurais, I mean, that is that's wild, man. That's crazy. On the surface, all appeared normal. Nakamura was a bright boy who excelled at school. He was polite, um, and he endured his condition his condition without complaint. He'd grown to and grown to into a small and and strapping man. So. He had this 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 this, this physical disability, but mm-hmm. you know he was still on the outside. Seemed yeah, like he still, was handling it in stride yeah, and yeah, functioning. Wasn't though, because he didn't have a lot of friends. Was boiling his on family the yeah. was always you know fucking with him about it. But uh, so possible, possibly because of his feelings of displacement and his obsession with swords, Nakamura released his anger at his family and the world using violence. And despite his family who knew of his violent tendencies and even being the victim to them, they remained silent for fear of his wrath. Now, mm, so that's on them too. Yeah, the poli- I was about to say yeah, that. So wow. the, the, the police and his family. Because they could have pressed charges and put him in prison that night. It was terrified of this man. And his brother died, right? Yeah, he killed his brother. And they, were, and they just didn't. Wow. No. Yeah. So the wartime effort also took priority. And, uh, and so Nakamura and his crimes took a backseat to the war. Had more I mean, this is just, again, this is just a couple years out from when they dropped atomic bombs on Japan. So there was a lot of shit going on in Japan that this got overshadowed. Yeah, yeah That's understandable, that's you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Had more information been released to the public and police done more to find 
and captured the killer, Nakamura have, would have been captured before he could kill as many as he did. Absolutely. Now, I do, now while I just said what I said, I don't disagree. It sounds like it would be one thing if they, it's like, oh, man, there's war going on. We're just too distracted. It, it sounds like they knew and didn't want people to panic more during wartime, so they kept this under wraps. Yeah. It would be different if this just wasn't hitting the police and detectives in Japan's radar. Yeah. It was, but they knew. It, yeah, it was on their radar, and they just chose to ignore it. But, it, I mean, they could have they could have brought him in or, like, excuse me, they was just like, we not even going to. Yeah, we can't uh, touch this right now. We don't want to freak but, people out. So he's just out. Just Wreaking havoc. Around. Yeah. Yeah. So on October 12th, 1942, Nakamura was arrested and charged for the murder of nine people. He, was, wow. he also um, confessed to killing his first two victims, bringing the total to 11. However, he wasn't charged for the first two murders as there were not enough evidence or, or information. Despite being under 18 when he committed the murders, he was tried as an adult under the wartime law. Mm. The doctors for the defense claimed that he was not guilty by reason of insanity. Many witnesses came forward willing to testify um, of his insanity as well. So, however, the judge quickly refused the claim, and he was sentenced to death by hanging. Desp- oh, yeah! Despite only, despite being only 19 years old, Nakamura was hung, was hanged on. I mean, in June of 1944, yeah, he was hung. Um, a variety of factors created an atmosphere where Nakamura was able to commit so many brutal murders. And despite being the police, despite being on the police radar for a long time, he was able to get away with killing 11 people, including his own brother. Mm. 11 people. Also, had the police not cover up his crimes to avoid mass panic, mm-hmm. more people might have been aware of a, a murderous teen obsessed with knives in their town and would have been more cautious. Mm-hmm. Additionally, if there were some outlet for Nakamura to control his anger and not feel like a misfit in his time, his town, mm. he might not have killed um, with mental illness awareness and support along with someone to help him with his disability of being deaf. That might have been different. Hmm. I mean, this is different times too. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a very general and broad request mm-hmm. for war torn Japan in the 1930s. Like, if only they had some kind of center for him to go to to with people that were prepared and understood mental disabilities that we don't even know the specifics of what mental disability he had. Yeah, and understood how that affects people socially. It's like it just that just wasn't a thing than anywhere in the world, not just Japan, anywhere, yeah. you know? So this is in the that's, yeah, so. yeah, that's a very broad, like if also, if they had known how to handle mental illness, it's like, yeah, but they just, di- they didn't. So they, it wasn't, that's not on Japan. That's yeah. on, that's on the world. Yeah. This is him right. That's him right there. Strapping. Yeah. He's a handsome boy. Yeah. Jeez. He's pulled the, just pulled a katana. He looks, he looks like burly. I know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, too. He looks kind of stocky. He's like a big dude. Yeah. So I found a story by just like sometimes I'll just go to Google and just like put in just like random stuff. So I just put in like what you put in like um I put in like s- serial killer or like sword serial killer like disabilities or something because I've like because oh. I, I was like I never heard a story with a serial killer that has like in a wheelchair or something like that like something sure. crazy like that. And then what came up was there's an episode of Criminal Minds of um uh, a guy who was a parap- paraplegic uh-huh. who was a serial killer. Oh, wow. and, and his name was Jeffrey Collins. Okay. I haven't seen the episode. Maybe me talking about it, maybe somebody else seen it. One of the listeners may have seen yeah. um, the Criminal Minds episode. I've maybe seen it. That might it. be later on. I, I, I checked out um, Criminal Minds after uh, Hotch's wife was killed, I think. Might even have his, I might be saying his name wrong. I may the guy, seen like one a of the guy, of it. 
Oh, it's such a great show. One of the guys ended up being like a sex creep. Yeah. Like the 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 guy who was the leader of the team. Yeah. Like in real life. Oh shit. He, in real life, he got caught up on some shit, and then he got kicked off the show. But on the show, his wife got killed in this very. It was like it was like controversial. People were like, "That's too far," you know, like because there was a serial killer who they he he told the serial killer he was going to leave him alone and just mm-hmm. let him keep being a serial killer, but then he didn't stop. So then the serial killer was like, okay, I'm going to kill your family. Dang. So then he showed up into his house, and then on while on the phone, the serial killer called him from his wife's phone. Like, and so he's like, hey, honey. He's like, hello. But him and his wife were separated. So mm-hmm. this whole dramatic thing. Anyway, while on the phone, he kills her while on the phone with the guy. Oh, savage. It was, it was just crazy. And that was probably one of the last episodes I watched. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's, it went on for many years after that. But it's a great show. I love Criminal Minds. Yeah. I learned about that in psychology class. That's what got me into true crime is that show. It really, really like, full, like, full on and trying to learn about the mental state status of these killers and stuff like that. Go deeper than just the crimes. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was Criminal Minds. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so, so you. So, okay, so you're on Google and you type in serial killer disability? Something like that, yeah. And this, this story came up? And yeah, this story came up. It was a couple other stories that came up, but this one came up. I was like. I, I had another one, but I can't remember what. It's a very interesting technique. Oh, you know which one that first came up? It was like that that track, that track. Uh, he was a track star. What's his name? Scott. Scott. Oh, uh, uh, Alex, Alex Pistorius. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He, that was the first article that came out. I was like, well, I, I know this. Yeah, that's a very famous one. But yeah, that's, that's the first one that came up. But I just keep looking. Then I found this one. I was like, oh, this one's crazy. Well, yeah, man, that was a really interesting story, man. That my like the 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 imagery of a deaf person. I mean, he he must have even gotten to the stealth of it all. Like, he must have been confident that they didn't know he was stalking them, even though he can't hear the world around him. It yeah. really is intriguing. That's really interesting. And then the whole way he killed his, the whole that whole family that was just brutal. That was that was that was a lot. Um. Anyway, yeah, man. Uh, great story. We're gonna go ahead and get into these good vibes so we can get out of here because honestly, shit is getting interesting. So. Yeah, I'm gonna. We're gonna get out of here after these good vibes. I'm gonna take a nice shower and listen to some music. (laughs) Welcome back. It's our good vibe segment. My turn to go first this week. My good vibe this week is about a restaurant owner is who is using his own money to help struggling local restaurants during the during the pandemic. Mm. So, um, Adolfo Melendez, owner of Tex-Mex Restaurant in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, has bought more than two thousand dollars in gift cards to restaurants in his community to raffle off to his customers. Oh wow, that's pretty. That's dope. Commendable. He says, if you help one person and another person helps another, that will help a lot. Sure. He told CNN uh, affiliate. As of December 1st, 2020, more than 110,000 eating and drinking restaurants across the country have closed temporarily mm. um, or closed temporarily or for good as a result of the pandemic. Crazy, bro. There's probably 35% of the restaurants that keep struggling a lot here. Yeah. Melinda said that he got the idea to help his fellow restaurant owners after a local realtor company helped his restaurant at the beginning of the pandemic. They did something where people voted for their favorite restaurant and I got second place. So they bought $300 in gift cards from me. He said right after 
Right after that, I was I was like, I'll probably do something similar. At the end of last year, he began to buy gift cards from local restaurants in his community and raffling and raffling them off to customers um, on his restaurant's Facebook page. Winners received $20 gift cards to local restaurants. According to WKOK, um, WKOW, the receiving restaurants said that they were thankful for Melinda's generosity and, the, and know that the surviving the pandemic means working together. In yes. this COVID times, it's very important to eat local small mom and pop shops he understands that and for all of us right now it's tough but linda said it's important to help that it's important to help keep small businesses open during the pandemic because they are the staples of the community yes that's part of what keeps us alive he said you can go to applebee's or you can go to pizza hut exactly but it ain't the same like when you go to a little diner at the pizza joint yes and i like that story i was super dope yeah, man. Uh, it's been really crazy, man. Um, I was very fortunate to be able to help in some small way to with uh, uh, a Tex-Mex restaurant that I've been frequenting since I was like 19 years old. <clears throat> um, uh, uh, together, as a community, we were able to raise over $10,000 to just send some support to that restaurant that I really love. And that was super cool. And I think that 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 good vibe story is a message to people that if you pull the community resources, there's a there there's no end to what you can do. It, you know, if if three thousand people give five dollars to something, that's a substantial amount of money. Yeah. You know, so it's just something to think about. You know, you might think, oh, all I have is a dollar, all I have is two dollars. If you can galvanize the people around you, your words can do so much more, make so much more of an impact than that one dollar. Because yeah. if you can get 50,000 people to donate a dollar now you're really making a difference on a business that you love or you know a person you want to help buy somebody a house maybe they're homeless whatever so community uh resource pulling is crucial and it is it's something that i think you know because the world is so big we get away from it because you know um um, we just have a, ten- a tendency to isolate but you know no matter what walk of life you come from what skin color whatever bullshit all that stuff that just doesn't mean anything if you pull together as a community you can overcome so many things the government is not here to help you bro we saw that in texas you know like they say all these empty platitudes it's meaningless the people is where the power is and if you really want to make a difference you got to grab your brother and sister next to you and go out and make a difference together that's the best way to really make a difference in this world is to galvanize the troops and point them into the, the direction of a goal so that was a great story, man. Restaurants have been hit so hard during this pandemic. It shit breaks my heart because if you don't support local businesses, small businesses, man, all you're going to be left with is TGI Fridays and Applebee's. And, you know, that's cool. But great food is what comes out of these real small businesses, yeah. local businesses, people that have a passion for cooking. You can go to a, a sports bar and get some fucking decent wings anywhere. When you talk about real culinary artists, they these are the restaurants that are dying you know fucking ruby tuesdays will be fine but these mom and pop and these small business restaurants these are the ones that are dying in the middle of this pandemic so if you have a restaurant that you oh man i really like the way they do the the uh, brussels sprouts there go and order takeout buy some gift cards something man try to help them stay afloat because i think we're making the we're, we're turning the corner i really do think that so just give them help them help them make it through the next six to 12 months just turn that corner and they can come out of this shit and, and get back to the way, the way they want to be. Is Zen, Zen got takeout? 
They got takeout. You don't take you out. get the oh, wings takeout. You can get a you can get a you can get a gallon of margarita takeout. They you can take out whatever you want there. I, I ordered the takeout the wings. Uh, you know, like once a week. They're still man, good. Man, I'm, man, I'm off to sure. Yeah, man. man. Hit up hit up Zen. Hit you hit them. Bring them here. Shit. Whatever. You know. Uh, anyway, uh, my good vibe story this week is about a teen who collects who collected thirty thousand pairs of shoes to donate to the L.A. homeless. So for children raised in the Jewish faith, a bar or bat mitzvah is the celebration of the symbolic passage into adulthood. Is While, that, it's different. What is it? It's different for... Uh, yeah, a bar man? mitzvah is for boys, for boys and a bat mitzvah is for girls. Okay. Uh, while at the age 13, you're not truly grown up. You can begin to see your place in the larger world. Uh, this is what Lin- this is what Lindsay Sobel saw in months in the months leading up to her own bat mitzvah. Uh, what she saw was that the in the middle of a life of pri- a privilege wasn't while it was a blessing, it wasn't a blessing that everyone shared, and she was determined to do something about it. As she became increasingly aware of the day to day hurdles homeless people living on the streets of Los Angeles faced, one of one thing Sobel saw was time and time again was how many lacked the proper footwear. She said, I noticed a lot of them were in really awful living conditions. No way any person should have to live like that. On top of that, I noticed that a lot of them did not even have shoes on. She said in an interview with A Mighty Girl, uh, I don't know what that is. I guess that's like a TV show or something. Uh, at 12 years old, I was like, wow, people don't have shoes? It, it's the kind of thing that puts stuff into perspective for you. For her... Takum Alam, an act of repairing the world. That's cool. Yeah, that's a cool uh, saying. Uh, Central to the bat mitzvah ceremony, Sobel came up with the idea to launch Shoes for Souls. Oh, that's a cool name. Uh, A charitable outreach program that collects and distributes shoes for Southern Californians in in need. Part of the requirement for having a bar or bat bat mitzvah is that in some way you give back to your community. Or get and give back to the world, Sobel told KNX 1070 News Radio. She said, I decided I wanted to give back as big as I could. You said Sobel told? She told she oh. she told she told the news. <laughs> she said something else. She told? Oh, like <laughs> yeah. a shoe thing because yeah. of the feet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That's a pun. That's good. <laughs> but I said told. But yeah, told oh, okay. she told she told them. Uh since its inception, shoes for soul for souls has rehomed thirty thousand plus pairs of gently used shoes collected during school shoe drives and from shout outs to her fellow volleyball players in their families. When the coronavirus pandemic caused many of their, many of her usual sources to dry up, Sobel took to the internet to solicit donations via the next door app. The trickle became, the trickle became a steady flow. Once more, Sobel only accepts shoes in good condition. She said, I want to try to give the best experience to all the people. Um, again, she told this to Mighty Girl. I don't know what a Mighty Girl is, but you know, shout out to them for giving her a platform to um, share what she's doing to change the world. Is it a podcast or I don't know. I guess so. I don't know what it is. Um, she said, uh, a fresh new pair of shoes can really brighten someone's day, brighten their attitude, and their outlook on life. Shoes are such a simple thing, but the, reper- but the repercussions of not having them can impact everything from health to mobility to the possibility of looking for work. Yeah, man. I mean, if your feet hurt, you're you're not trying to walk around all day yeah. and go you know any anything you just you it, it like it 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 it's like if your back hurts you know until i like i have like um sciatic problems every once in a while i just get like a back problem and it takes me out you know and i think feet are the same way like if your feet hurt 
like really bad, yeah, you're not trying to do anything. Yeah. And you can't walk without using your feet. So how are you going to go anywhere? So, yeah. So she really is it's making a big difference giving these shoes to people. Sobel's mission to help people who are down on, on their luck uh, is the best way, is the best foot forward is obviously something she believes in heart and soul. <laughs> There's a lot of puns in here. Uh, while she receives numerous accolades for her efforts, seeing the impact her act of repairing the world has had on her community has been its own reward. Uh, a recent visit to the beach mission gave Sobel an opportunity to see how all of her hard work is paying off. She said, quote, there are so many homeless people right now. And the challenge for me is how can I help as many of them as possible? It was a chance to see who I'm giving the shoes to in person. I felt pretty good about myself and great about the community. So uh, shout out to Miss Sobel. This young lady is doing something incredible out there in California. Um, pay it forward however you can. You know, any way that you can give back to people is 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 crucial. It's, and really, um, one of the best quotes I heard about giving back is that it's selfish. You know, you you might be giving something to somebody, but the feeling that you get, like when she says she, it made her feel good. Yeah. That's selfish. Like you, it is selfish to give to people. It's a selfish feeling, and it's something that people should chase more often. You know, so you know, give back however you can, pay it forward however you can, and go out and be selfish and give and give to people. Keep keep some blankets in your trunk, you know. Keep an extra pair of shoes in your trunk. You see somebody with some beat up shoes, boom, go out. You know, I'm not saying give them Jordans, but you know, give you know, go give them some shacks. I don't know, just something that's better than what they got on their feet right now. You know, so shout out to Miss Shacks. Why are you throwing shacks? Come on, man. You know, you know, you know, you know the shacks reputation, man. Don't do this, man. Let me, let me turn this down. But anyway, yeah, that was that was that's really awesome. Um, both your story and um, that my story, so that made me feel really good. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything else I want to talk about. I did. I tried to watch this movie called Nomadland, friend. I had to cut it off. I do like the actress that plays in the movie, but I it was just kind of boring. And then yeah, she ended up she shit in a bucket. Oh. Like like forty five minutes into the movie, she just like got explosive diarrhea out of, no, out of nowhere and just like shit into a bucket. And I was like, I'm gonna check out on this movie. Hmm. So it's called Nomadland. Uh, you know, I guess it's showing an interesting part of America, but it was kind of boring to me. And yeah. then she shit in the bucket, and that was very foul to me. So I checked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the actress in the movie, her name's Frances McDormand. She's really talented. She's great. I'm watching uh season two of uh Good Girls. <laughs> it it really tickles me that how much of a fan you are of that, that show. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's a, it's it's a fun show. It's a fun show. I love Retta. Retta's great. I love that show. Love Retta. She was great in Parks and Rec. Everybody's great in that show. I yep. just I just uh, it's not one I run to, but okay. yeah, it's great. Yeah, good girls. Okay, and last one, Snowfall is back. It's one of the best shows on television. Great premiere. Uh, Franklin Saint is uh you know this is the final season. Rest in peace to John Singleton. This was you know this was his big project that he was working on before he died. Uh, untimely so rest in peace to john singleton and you know if, if you i don't know how he died i think oh. he had a he, i think he had like a brain aneurysm or really? something crazy like he just yeah it was like very yeah, random no way yeah i think it was something random like that but rest in peace to john singleton he wrote and directed boys in the hood bunch of classic incredible films great director snowfall is one of the best shows on television and it's back so that's my other suggestion um so uh yeah the, that's this has been another episode of affirmative murder I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Jesus.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 